Psalm 119, and we want to look at our text in verses 90 and 91. Thy faithfulness is unto all generations. Thou hast established the earth, and it abideth. They continue this day according to thine ordinances, for all are thy servants. Thou hast established the earth, and it abideth. We consider this morning the abiding creation. Now you might wonder and query, as I have done, why does the psalmist turn from telling us about God's word to tell us about God's creation? David has been saying that God's word abideth. Verse 89, Forever, Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. The word of God is abiding. But he also says in verse 90 that the earth is established too and it abideth. So the both of them abide. The abiding word, the abiding creation, the earth. And this seems to be repeated in verse 91. They continue this day according to thine ordinances. They continue, and I take that to be God's word, and also the earth, the world, the creation, abiding, continuing. And God's faithfulness, which is referred to there in the verse also, God's faithfulness means that he looks after his word. But it also means he looks after his creation. He looks after his world that he made. He's faithful to the word and he's faithful to his creation. And both are linked. He who created and who maintains the creation also communicates to that creation by his word and maintains that communication the maintaining communication with the maintained creation that is what is taught in these verses and as long as there is a created world there will always be God's word for it God will not leave his world without his word. So God's word won't perish before the creation. They continue, the both of them. And this fits in with what the Lord Jesus said. It is easier for heaven and earth to pass. It's abiding. But it's easier for that to pass than one tittle of the law to fall. So the Lord Jesus is saying there, both abide, both remain, and they remain because God is faithful to his word and to his creation. Now last Lord's Day morning, we were thinking about the abiding word, but this morning we want to think about the abiding earth, God's creation. 
Now you do know that it's not unusual for the psalmist to think about God's creation. From time to time he reads the book of creation. He knows God has two volumes. God has two books, you know, two volumes. The first volume, the old volume, is creation itself. You can read that volume of creation. You can read every leaf, every page of what God has made. And there's the book of Revelation in creation. We see when we read the book of creation that God is powerful, that God is omnipresent, that he's in all parts of the cosmos, that he's made all things, that he's so wise and so good. We read so much about God in the creation. And then the second volume is, is the word where he tells us about himself even more clearly in the word, the word written. And the second volume is his nearest and dearest to the psalmist's heart, as this psalm tells us, because every verse practically is about God's word, about the Bible. And of course he's concentrating on the second volume because he's a sinner and he needs grace. And he needs salvation. And grace and salvation is only found in the second volume. It's not found in the first volume. You don't read about Jesus Christ and mercy and grace in the creation. But this second volume, which is so dear to the psalmist, he needs this grace and this mercy, this redemption and this salvation. So he's always focusing on the second volume, you see, because he's a poor and needy sinner as we all are, and we're thankful for God's word. But he still recognizes that the first volume is important. It's still important to read it and to study it and to hear God in the creation. And you will remember we read Psalm 19, and that very clearly brings this out. Verses 1 to 6 deals with the creation. You know, the heavens declare the glory of God, the firmament show of his handiwork. The sun, every day the sun comes out, we see the sun, it's speaking, it's telling us about the greatness and glory of God. And then in verse 7 he goes on, but the law of the Lord, that's perfect, that does the conversion work, that converts the soul, that saves the sinner, that makes us to rejoice in the grace of God. So he deals with both volumes, volume 1, the creation, volume 2, God's word, and it's far more powerful and effective in our hearts. Because it's accompanied by the Holy Spirit. But from time to time he still refers to the first volume. He still refers to creation. And even throughout this psalm you find that. For example in verse 73. Thy hands hath made me and fashioned me. So he kind of leaves his Bible there for a wee minute doesn't he? And he's thinking about his body. He's reading his body. He's reading about his hands and his eyes and his ears. And he says, Lord, your hands have made me. So from time to time, he, he looks at the creation to think upon it. And that's what he's doing here in our text. This morning, we have it again. Thou hast established the earth. He's thinking of the planet. He's thinking how the stars are always the same. They never move. Every time he looks up, he sees the stars in the same place. And the sun and the moon are keeping their same orbits, their same, their same times. The earth abideth. He's reading the creation. 
He's turning to that volume. And so we have in our text him saying, Thou hast established the earth and the debate if they continue this day according to thine ordinance. Thou hast established the earth. You see that the psalmist is not an atheist. He's not an evolutionist. He is a creationist. Thou hast established the earth. Now people say, what does David know? He's no scientist. He has no idea of geology. He has no understanding of the findings of modern science, so-called. Well, to that I have to say that's true. David isn't a geologist and David isn't a scientist. And he doesn't have their worldview. He's not a biologist. He's none of these things. But he's a prophet. And he's God's messenger. And he gives us the only worldview that the Christian church wants to have. The worldview that God has created all things. That's all we want to know. God tells us about the origin of the the universe and its continuance that he has established it. God made the earth and God made the world. I remind you, Lamed makes us think about the need to learn that Hebrew letter that commences each verse. And God wants us to learn about the created world in which we live. And here we're told some things then about the earth, and I draw them to your attention. First of all, we are told that God has established it. Thou hast established the earth. Now this certainly implies creation. Here God's word confirms the revelation in creation We know the world has a creator by looking at the creation. You know, you don't need a Bible to know there's a creator. You just need a bit of common sense, some wisdom. You look at the world around you, and you know there's someone made it. I mean, if you look at a a building, maybe Buckingham Palace, and you, you, you know that there was an architect, that it had an origin, that it originated in intelligent design, The building of it, it was made. You look at design in our universe and you realize it has an intelligent creator. This doesn't happen by chance. It all declares the glory of God. It reveals, it's his his handiwork. It shows what his hands have done. It shows how powerful and wise he is. The things that we see could not have been self-made. They were not made by things that appear. They require an omnipotent creator. Now David knows this, as as do all right-thinking men know this. But now David the prophet writes and confirms the revelation in in, in creation. And so he writes it down. What, What is revealed in creation, he writes it down in the Bible. What we see, thou hast established the earth and it abideth. God made it. God did it. 
God is the creator. Now while creation is certainly implied, it is not the main thought of the prophet. The main thought is not just the origin of the earth. He didn't say thou didst begin the earth, thou didst originate the earth. He says thou didst establish the earth. So he's focusing on its establishment. He didn't just make it, but he made it and established it so that it stands fast. It's like a model maker. I don't know if you boys, maybe even you girls, make models, uh, maybe airplane models, and you, you make the model, and there it is. But you want it to stand. You don't want it to fall over. You want to be able to position it so that you can enjoy the model and look at the model. And so you, you'll build a wee base for it, maybe a, a, a prong or something coming up, and you'll put it on that, and, and, it, and it'll abide, it'll be established, your model. Or maybe you'll get a little string, and you'll hang it from the ceiling, so that that model that you made is, is hanging. It's established. There it is. Now it's been made, obviously, but it's not falling down, it's not flying away down and breaking into a million, billion pieces. God has made the world and established it. And Job calls that, he hangs it upon nothing. He established it. It doesn't collapse, it doesn't implode. He doesn't make a world and it then disintegrates. No, the world that he made, he established. That's been here for thousands and thousands of years. Made the world, established it. This tells us about his mighty power and his wisdom. I mean, it's easy to hang an airplane on a little string. But this world, think of the size of it, the weight of it, the mass of it. And all the planets and all the suns and all the stars, all those massive globes that are before us that God made, and there they sit, abiding. So that today we look up at the same stars that Adam saw and that Abraham saw. Very same stars, they haven't moved. The whole cosmos in the main is abiding. And that's what he goes on to say here. Just to make sure you don't miss a point. Thou hast established the earth. Not just for a little time. But it abideth. It continues. Continues to hang upon nothing. It didn't fall after thousands of years. But it continues now to this very day. The creation has not fallen. The earth has not fallen. Only man has fallen. Only mankind has fallen. Fallen from God. But the earth abideth. Man has fallen into sin. But the earth and the cosmos abideth. Man has fallen as a moral being. Adam was God's servant. And he fell. But the earth, materially speaking, did not fall. Whenever Adam sinned, the planet didn't go flying off into chaos. 
and into nothingness it was humanity that flew off into chaos and depravity. The material creation continues to obey God. Only man disobeys. The material creation abideth, it continues to be fixed, continues to be established. He laid the foundations of the earth that it should not be removed forever. Forever. The earth is forever. Now the Lord will change it. In the new heavens and the new earth it will undergo changes. But it abideth forever. The Lord reigneth. He's clothed with majesty. He's clothed with strength. The Bible says. He has girded himself. And the world that he made is established. That it cannot be moved. And so David's right. The earth abideth. So it does. And then thirdly. We are told that this continuance. Remains to this very day. Verse 91. They continue this day. To this day. To David's day. And we can say. To our day too. It's still the same story. It continues to our generation as well. And however many more generations they are. Down through all the generations. In which God is faithful. The creation and the world. And our earth. Are still here. To this day. That's how faithful God is. To his creation. Look around you. The earth still has its cycle of days and years. The the moon still has the same appearances since the creation. The stars and the planets, as I said, they're fixed in their places. This is because God is faithful. David has been thinking about the faithfulness of God and his word. And he goes to think about God's faithfulness to his creation. It's true of creation as well. God is faithful to the earth. Daytime and harvest continue and will continue on on and on because God is faithful to his creation. This is the point of what David is saying, you see. Our Bibles are like the creation. Our Bibles are like day and night. Never changes. Always the same. Year after year, an earth that abides and a Bible that abides. They're the same. And God is faithful to both. Now I think we have to pause here, congregation, for the comfort of Christians. Because if God cares so much for his creation and the earth abideth, so that even to this day it continues How much more does he care for his saints who live on it? Think of that. He cares for the cosmos. How much does he care for his church in the cosmos? And that the cosmos he sustains for them. 
so that that church he shall bring into the changed heavens and earth. His church is more precious than his creation. His church is the new creation. So he cares for his saints. It's not just a material world that is cared for. That material world is cared for for your sakes. Who live on it and who live in it. And who must go through it until the end. Didn't the Lord Jesus Christ say you're more valued than many sparrows? We could also say you're of more value than of many worlds to him. And so the world exists for his people. Just as the word exists for his people. And so you can be sure the Lord will look after you and will sustain you and keep you. And be faithful to this planet of mountains and stones and atoms and molecules and material things. You can be sure he'll be faithful to you. Who he bought with his blood. Even more faithful. And the church will abide. And God's people will abide. So you can look at that unchanging creation and you can say, the Lord cares for me. He cares for me. To this day. You can change that expression this day. He cares for you and you continue and you abide in Christ to this day. Because he cares for you. He does. So the church will continue. Praise God it will continue. And not even the gates of hell will stop it to this day. Next we are told this continuance is according to God's ordinances. Do you see that in verse 91? They continue this day according to thine ordinances. God's ordinances. What is that? Well, I take that to be God's judgments, what he decides. Or his decrees, if you like. His decisions. His will for his creation. What he wants his creation to do. What he wants his creatures to carry out. It continues according to his ordinances, his judgments, his word, his providence. You see, they continue because everything obeys him. The earth continues to hang upon nothing because it obeys him. All obeys him. He commands and they do. All is under God's control. Everything, as it were, gravity, the laws of nature, the wind and the storm, all these operations of the natural world. What are they doing? The movement of the planets, the forces of nature, the movement of every atom, of every molecule, all are obeying him. All are in accordance with what he decrees, what he has fixed. In the laws of nature, his decrees rule. His judgments are over all. His sovereignty ruleth in the heavens. 
over all this creation. And it abides. Because this creation obeys its creator. Doesn't break the laws of gravity. Doesn't disobey. It all obeys him. And he further adds, just to prove the point, they are all thy servants. For all are thy servants. These forces, these ordinances are personified as if they are beings of obedience. The wind is God's servant. It obeys him. The earthquake is God's servant. It obeys him. The storm, the harvest, the seed, the way that it reacts, it obeys him. All are his servants. They don't have will the way God has will, of course. And they don't have will the way man has. God has created us very special that we have will. They don't have will, but they obey him. It's only man that had will that disobeyed him. Imagine that. The best of the creatures the highest of the creatures. The reason why the creation was made for man and it's man only that is the servant who has departed. Adam. Adam was God's servant and he left. He's the only creature that left. But all the other creatures obey God. So the stars are in their courses, the Bible says. They're not falling. Unless God says to them fall. But sometimes he does. And when they do fall and disintegrate. It's because God says disintegrate. While the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest. Cold and heat and summer and winter. And day and night don't cease. They abide because they continue to obey God. He makes the sun to rise on the just, on the evil as well, and the rain to descend upon both too, because the sun and the rain, they obey God. Fire and hail, snow and vapor, stormy wind fulfilling his word, mountains and all hills, fruitful trees and all cedars, beasts and all cattle, creeping things and flying fowl, all obeying God, his servants. Only his servant man has apostatized. Only his servant Adam has broken covenant and smashed through the ordinances. Only Adam has rebelled against God's ordinance. Only man mars the world. And praise God that God gives us the gospel and the second volume of his revelation. To bring us back into the fold. That's what Christ became man for. And came into our creation. And took a creature nature. And died for us. So that we apostatized servants. Might be brought back again. Into the fold of God. Where all obeys him. Thank God for the gospel. Thank God for Jesus Christ, Saviour, Redeemer, for becoming man.
and bringing us back again to God. The creation then, just as the word declares, the wonderful faithfulness of God. And so all continues because God continues faithful. You know, it's a wonderful thing that God doesn't get bored with his creation and put it away. Like us people who we make our models, we make our little toys, we hang them up for a while, but then we get bored with them and we put them away. No more. And if it decayed and got broken, we'd put it away. But God doesn't get bored. He doesn't get fed up with us. He continues to make the earth to abide. And when mankind gets broken, he doesn't put them away. He remakes them. He puts them together again. He doesn't desert his humanity. But he remakes them again and puts them together in the gospel through Jesus Christ. Because he's a faithful creator. And a faithful redeemer. And he brings us to its grand climax. Into the new heavens and the new earth. Into something even better. With his Christ and with his church. A wonderfully faithful God. So what I'm saying is. You his child he won't desert. He has begun a good work in you. He doesn't get fed up with it and bored with it and leave it. No, no, he continues with his new creature, with his new creation. Until he brings you to the climax. He will be faithful to you to the end. He will not leave you. He who has begun a good work in you, the Bible says, will continue, will perfect that. Because he's faithful. We know that all things work together for good to them that love God. He predestinated them. He foreknew them. He conforms them to the image of his Son. He calls them. He justifies them. He sanctifies them. And at the last, he will glorify them. He's faithful to the end. He won't give up on you. Bless his name. This faithful creator this faithful Redeemer, Jesus Christ, and to him be all glory in the church and throughout all ages. Amen.